Hi, my name is Jeff Fagano, and thanks for tuning in to the Harpen and Rugby podcast. HarpenandRugby.net is an unofficial fan site for Leinster and Ireland rugby, with write-ups every Monday after matches, and regular coverage of the latest news and opinion via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course this pod. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts as well as a host of other platforms. Well, we've had a good few weeks of provincial rugby since the return from lockdown, and sadly, with no Irish involvement in European finals weekend, it's time to look ahead to the international setup. I was lucky enough to assemble a panel of fans from all provinces to discuss possible selections based on the squad announced last week, and between us we came up with the match day 23 in, shall we say, a unique fashion. Each of my guests could nominate five starting positions, which meant the bench was left to myself. I think it resulted in a great way to kickstart a conversation as we look ahead to the Italy match, with fingers, toes, eyes and everything crossed, of course, that it will definitely go ahead. So without any further ado, here's how we got on. Now it's time for our back and forward chat and joining me to select an Irish match today 23 for the upcoming conclusion of the Six Nations, I have a panel covering all four proud provinces. Obviously I'm the Leinster guy and from Munster making her fourth appearance on the pod to go with an excellent account of her journey on the Lions Tour of 2017, we have Michelle Tobin. Welcome back Michelle. Thanks Jeff, good to be back. Indeed. And next, uh, earning his second harp and cap is the curator of the excellent content video blog The Second Row, Parik Kelly. Welcome sir. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me back. No problem. And finally, we have someone making their Harpen debut, although he's no stranger to this kind of panel, as he also hosts the great Ulster Rugby Roundup show on Facebook. Welcome to the pod, Mr. David Topping. Hello there, and I'm just glad that they've finally let me off the wall again. Indeed, indeed. And uh, thank you all for joining me today. And uh, first, I'm going to explain to the listeners what we're trying to do here. The coming week sees the completion of the 2020 Guinness Six Nations, and for Ireland, despite the disappointment from the World Cup and the defeat to England at Twickenham, both of which seem to have been about 50 years ago at this stage, the destiny of the championship is in our own hands. Maximum match points, both at home to Italy and away to France, certainly won't be a formality, but it is definitely something tangible to aim for, as it would mathematically guarantee Ireland a fourth title in seven seasons. What I've asked my panel to do is help me select a match day 23 from the squad announced last week by Andy Farrell, or at least what's left of it after the weekend just gone, and we're going to do it in a special way. I've given each of my guests five starting positions, and they have made their choices without knowing what the others have said, and we're going to see what kind of team we end up with. It's effectively selection by committee, which is probably the worst way of doing it apart from drawing names out of a hat, but hopefully it will at least lead us to a decent discussion. Okay, that's enough for me. Let's crack on with peace and our team together. And first up is Michelle, who was tasked with naming a front five for us. So this is, this is what we got. At number one, Kean Healy. Number two, Ronan Kelleher. Three, Andrew Porter. Four, Ty Byrne. And five, James Ryan. So discuss, Michelle. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you for not giving me the back row. <laughs> Much appreciated. Yeah. That's the impossible task. Um, I suppose starting obviously with, with the front row, I'm a bit concerned at how light the squad is on props. Um, we, particularly now in light of, of the injury news that came out of Leinster uh, yesterday, where we could potentially be even lighter. Uh, so starting number one, Keen Healy is absolutely nailed on. It, it just has to be Healy. I mean, he's on, what, 98 caps. He, he has he, he, this re- renaissance that he's had in the last couple of seasons has been phenomenal. And he's still in, in really great form. And given that there really is only um, 
only Healy and Byrne at loose head, it's, it's Healy straight off. Okay. Uh, two, interestingly, we, we have three hookers in the panel and another uh, training with the squad. So it's an interesting one. Kelleher might be the slightly controversial uh, choice. For me, he's the more exciting. Um, he's, he's a hungry hooker. He's someone who, who likes the look of the try line. Um, and also, I'm, I'm looking at the bigger picture. I don't want to say that I chose people uh, because I want a Leinster front row, but you have to look at cohesion of, as a unit. And you start with Healy, and then I suppose going, going ahead across to tight head in, in Furlong's absence, really it was going to be Porter or John Ryan. Um, so then looking at how the front row unit would work to give us the strongest options for me it had to be to be Kelleher and then Andrew Porter now of course both Kelleher and Andrew Porter are injury concerns so uh, you also have Dave Heffernan having gone off for HIA last weekend so he's on return to play so we're not particularly I'm, I'm naming those three, but really only secure in Healy because we're waiting news from the island camp. Um, the, the second row, obviously, James Ryan is one of the first names that goes on a team sheet. Uh, I don't know anyone who would not. I mean, he, he's had the miracle recovery from injury and he's come back and he's played 80 minutes, 80 minutes and 80 minutes with Leinster. For someone who wasn't even due to be back by now, it's pretty impressive. And then um, I'm assuming Henderson will not be eligible to, to play. And then you have to look with the injury to Baird and the fact that Baird has stayed at Leinster. So there really is no hope of a resurrection in, in the near future. Then to me, Tygburn pips Quinru because while Quinru offers an awful lot of the set piece, Tygburn offers an awful lot everywhere. And he also allows when when ben, when substitutions come off the bench, Tyg Byrne is someone who allows you to reshuffle the back row and the second row depending on whether your your substitutions are tactically or injury uh, motivated. Mm -hmm. So that is my five, and that's why. That's a good five, yeah. And like you say, I mean, the, with all the injuries and possible suspensions uh, coming up around. I mean, there, there wasn't really a lot left. I mean, they, they probably will add a few names to the squad going down the line, but if these are the people he went with first, I suppose it's, we should be going off the list. Uh, what do you make of that, Parik? I'd agree with actually pretty much all that, apart from Ty Byrne. I think he offers more off the bench in that situation for tactical substitutions. We saw how Lencer struggled against Saracens against a really good strong scrum and the Italians and the French have a huge scrum and set piece so Quinru's bulk at five behind Ian Porter or John Ryan will help in the scrum which will be so vitally important he is a better scrummaging lock a better line out lock than Tyburn and you have to secure your set piece before you start going to around the pitch mm -hmm. play because if you don't have those fundamentals we're not going to have the ball to use Tyburn at his best. That's fine. Yep. So, so poor Michelle named four Leinster players out of her five, and you picked the monster guy. 
<laughs> but the problem is there is no real like if you look at the injuries like I'd say Heffernan over Keller but I don't think Heffernan's going to play because of the return yeah. to play protocols yeah. so like I, that's kind of taken out of my hands I think you could make an argument for Herring over Kelleher for experience sake especially because there's such a lack of cohesion across the front row but do you take the club cohesion that having Kelleher there with Healy and Porter or do you take the international cohesion that Herring would have built up with Healy over the years so it's a toss a coin do you bet on the future with Kelleher or do you focus on the here and now and the problem with Ireland is we've done a lot of focusing on the here and now over the years and I think over the next two games let's over the next two games let's get the Six Nations let's get the money into the pot that Ireland needs and yep. get as good a result as possible and possibly go for the here and now with Herring on that but you're kind of talking six and one half dozen the other in that situation Pretty and much. make Keller make the starting hooker for the, the November series yep. maybe but it's one of those things where the front row picks itself with the injuries and I'd worry about the scrum and the set piece and I'd, I'd want Queen Ruin there for that yeah uh, David you know, well, funny enough, man, and uh, this is strange coming from the Ulsterman here, but uh, I actually, I actually like the prospects of using uh, Kelleher at this at this juncture. Anyway, you could probably guess as to what the IRIP is thinking here, but I would say if we if we look at it in two parts, obviously with Six Nations in mind, I would have to go with Kelleher, obviously to give him you know some Ireland experience. Yes, we've got Herring there. Maybe have Herring as a backup um, in the case of. If it's going to steady the ship, we can take that. But at the same time, but with with Kelleher, I actually think you know, based on what Michelle's talked about there, very much you need that cohesion to start off with. And if you've got the cohesion to start off with, you can change that round. I have to admit, I would actually go with Quinn Rue first rather than Tagburn. I would rather have, I would rather have Tagburn coming in. You know, maybe at the 55, 60 minute mark, and you you've then got. A full 25, 20, 20, 25 minutes of tag at his best. And then that way then, if you make your substitutions properly, well then you've got yourself uh, you, you've got yourself a, a great one there at five to actually anchor in, into the into the back row, which I which I got given. Yeah, which which I'm looking forward to because uh, you you'll I'll surprise everybody with these. But I think uh, <laughs> I, th I think all around, I think it would go with Kelleher to start off with anyway. And then if we need to bring Herring in, then we can do that. Yeah, no, that's great. No, I mean, my policy generally is when we do these uh, these selection things, I mean, there's talk of, for the second row, there was talk of um, bringing in Devin Toner, Alton Delan, all that kind of stuff. The thing is... Uh, Finney Witcherly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Um, bring, bringing them in. But the thing is, though, I, I tend to go with the names that were already there. Like um, if if they weren't named the original squad and somebody goes down from the squad, so I I so on the bench I put I put Quinn Rue on the bench. Michelle select Ty Byrne, so he's there at four, and I put Quinn Rue on the bench, um, back backing him up there. And uh, also I put Rob Herring. I was going to go for for Dave Heffernan, but uh, again, this is my own thing. It's when I when, when he's got his he's going through the protocols and stuff, and it's a bit uncertain what's going down the line. I probably go with Herring as if they're playing, you know. As, thinking probably as if they're going to play today kind of thing. Um, so I put Herring on the bench and Ed Byrne and John Ryan. So that's um, that. That's who I've added there. So that's given us um, one through five. So now we're going to move into the back row. And uh, the, the, the honor of doing that, we have uh, Mr. Topping. 
and you have chosen, now you see the reason I'm doing this is because so that nobody changes their mind. I, I'm reading them out so in case no one changes their mind, seeing what some <laughs> other people have picked. So uh, number six, uh, Clavin Doris, seven, Josh van der Fleer, eight, CJ Stander, nine, Jemison Gibson Park, and 10, uh, Johnny Sexton, captain. Off you go, yeah, sir. Well, <laughs> yeah, as I said, I'm not surprised a few people with these, but uh, you know, again, I'm looking at you know, a wee mixture of a wee bit of here and now because you need a little bit of consistency, but also I'm looking towards the future there. And, and um, obviously I've done this on the proviso that Mr. Henderson's not going to be available. Otherwise he'll be a, a, a shoe in at six. It might, for, for me anyway. Um, but with Keelan Davis, I actually think we've got, uh, we've got a hell of a lot of potential uh, with Keelan and, Looking at you know his play recently, uh, it gives me great hope for for the future. Um, looking at that, not just from you know from the provincial things, which you know sometimes we we Ulster folk tend to complain about here and there. Don't know why, uh, but we 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 look at it from a point of view of well, what's going to give Ireland the best chance in the four year cycle that that we're in, and uh, considering how disjointed everything is. I thought, okay, well, let's let's take a let's take a punt, let's take a risk, and hopefully, maybe Mr. Farrell will will do this uh, and see that there's value to be had in bringing people like Davis in, uh, and then obviously backing that up. I thought, okay, well, let's back this up with some good experience, and well, for me, nobody had seven better than than Josh Van der Fleer. You know, you know, he's been an excellent player over the years uh, that we've seen him, and to be honest. Uh, he's getting into his prime now, and you know, barring any injuries, um, I think we're we're going to see his best in this next couple of years. Um, CJ at eight, well, no real doubts there. Um, I have to admit, uh, for CJ, it's uh, he's probably one of the best players that we've had at eight for for quite some time. I'm saying, and I'm going to put that out straight. I know there are people who will make the argument for why don't we have homegrown players. But in my mind, and and I'm saying that you know from Ulster's experience of having plenty of of NAQs, when you have somebody of uh, Standers' physical presence, his tactical noise, and bringing that into a package, and and considering you know he's still very young, you know we we were we're starting to get the prime CJ now, I think, and I think if we can uh, if we can push that on, you're bringing younger people with him, he will bring them on, bring the whole squad up. And and to be honest, it's it's the basis for what could be a dominant couple of years if we do get the tactics right for him. Uh, and <coughs> Scrum House. Now, of course, I shall not mention the Ulsterman's name at this point. So that's <laughs> for later. Um, and who knows, he may still make it yet. But, uh, but for me... I haven't been had in this one a bit, I'll be honest, but uh, and Gibson Park, you know, is again another big prospect. Now, we're saying that in line of what's happened before, uh, are we taking a chance? Yes, we are. Will it pay off? Very much hope so. Uh, looking at what he's done so far, uh, I think we've backed the right horse this time. Um, and for me, Gibson Park brings... Uh, brings that wee bit of noise, that wee bit of experience. Maybe not so much the shouty, aggressive scrum half that we're used to seeing, 
But again, if we look at the nine ten partnership, um, you know, could we could we see you know a, a new a new partnership running out of this that could end up spanning not just one one set but two sets? You know, we're looking here at a uh, you know if we change Sexton around for somebody else, could we be looking at a new Murray Sexton partnership? But you have to try these things out, and I think for consistency's sake, I think you know teaming them up with 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 Sexton at the moment would be the best thing to do for Ireland at the moment, anyway, and to give them that big match experience. That's interesting. Um, okay, and you've obviously got Sexton at ten. There's no, I mean, he's the captain anyway, so he'll he'll be uh, he'll be there. Well, that's great. So, Michelle, what do you make of that, and what what, what would you, what would be your thoughts? I had that precise back row for that reason. Uh, for for those reasons, in in the absence of Dan Levy's return to rugby just yet, um, I think Josh offers an awful lot. Uh, I'm not someone who who has a lot of of favourite Leinster players, but both Josh and, and Levy are people that I I do appreciate their their attitude and their work rate and their talent. Um, CJ. Obviously, to me, he's like a James Ryan. His name is one of the first that goes on a team sheet, probably at eight, but depending on, on the composition of the back row. I mean, CJ can play six, seven or eight if he has to. But I do think eight's his best position. Um, I had gone for Sexton at 10, and I don't want to be accused of playing the provincial <laughs> card here. <laughs> But again, with my mind and my eye on Leinster's injury update yesterday, where Johnny's not 100%, if there is any chance that he may not be fit to play or may not be fit to play the predominant part of the upcoming games, then I do think the experience of Conor Murray uh, is, is very important to the team. Uh, he hasn't been in, in his, the, the best form of his career, but I do think he's, he's come back. He, he only came, on, came back from injury at the weekend, and I was a little bit nervous when he came on for Munster uh, on Saturday night because the game was so tight and because Craig Casey was having, having a flyer, and I thought, can we afford for Casey to come off, even though we know the RFU would have had Murray down to have to get some game time, but he actually impressed me um, on Saturday night, I didn't think our form dropped. I think he offered something, and even in in the games we had towards the end of, of last season, I think we saw more of a spark in Murray. And I would still, I think it's it's too soon to to start Gibson Park. Definitely off the bench, and off the bench at sixty minutes if needs be. But I don't think I would have chosen him to start just yet. Okay, Parik? I'm going to throw a third name, oddly, <laughs> in that. Um, <laughs> um, I'd start Kieran Marmion because, personally, he's, at the moment, the most informed nine playing in Ireland for me. I've, I've watched Gibson Park. I think he's, he has played very well. Murray's definitely, I think, you have to be blind to say Murray hasn't improved from last season on what we've seen so far in the last couple of months. I don't think he's hitting his straps just yet. And if he finds that form he did from two years ago, he walks in to that nine jersey again. I don't think anyone can question that. If you think that Johnny Sexton might not play, you're looking at then the next 10. 
and who you're going to pick between Ross Byrne and Jack Carty. And if you're looking about partnerships and stability, a Kieran Marmion 9 and Jack Carty 10 is a combination that knows each other very well. And if you're worried about fitness, if you put them in together, suddenly you have a lot more security in your halfback partnership. I can't question your back row. I'd, I'd Given the names available, it's the same back row I'd put down. Six, seven, eight, word for word. You, there's just no argument there. But for me, Marmion as a form nine, I think we have to start rewarding form at some point in the halfbacks. Because for the last six years we have, plus, we haven't. And there's a point we just kind of have to. For me, at the moment, that's Kieran Marmion, especially when there's no one stand out. There's no one head and shoulders above anyone else at nine playing at the moment. That would be my only change. And it's not even provincial. I, I watch all the, the matches. I just think he's just playing that bit better. His attacking trail lines that John Cooney does so well as well. That, that kind of, and so does Gibson Park. He, they're all doing the same things. I just think he's doing them like, you're talking percentages and what we're all looking out for better, but that's it. It's, it's very harsh, but hard to call, but I put Marmion in there first just because he's been there, done that. And he's Ireland. That I'll, I think people need to remember that Australia game where he was Ireland's best winger for one game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, made, you made a lot of my points for me because I actually went for Marmion on the bench myself. Um, that was nothing against Murray. Uh, Connor Murray, I think, uh, like I think you said it right. If he if he's playing at the top of his game, he walks into the team. Um, but um, at the moment, you know, we need to be, we do need to be looking at alternatives and giving them game time. And what, whatever, even without his form, even if we hadn't watched him play up to now, um, <clears throat> like you say, he's got he's had form before before this, and it's just all these other people are tend to keep jumping over him and uh, going over them. And and is it like I've watched. Um, uh, Gibson Park played really well the past few weeks for Leinster and he's done he's 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 got that number nine jersey now um over Luke McGrath and um that's that you know if he was to start it would be a a brave selection I suppose just to throw him straight in would be a bit soon for him maybe but just for the point of the, the if there's it's not that there should be a line of succession but it's Marmion it deserves a shot um at the at the top uh just just basically wearing green more um more than anything else. So I, I had Karen Marmion at 21. And again, for the, uh, for the Connet continuity partnership thing, I had Carty at 22 for this selection, um, just for the sake of bringing both on. The Ross Burns, again, he's had, he's had man of the match displays as well recently to do so. And, and then Peter O'Mahony, um, he's fit, isn't he? He's, 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 he's okay yeah. to play. Yeah. He is so fit, I yeah. put him, I put him on the bench, um, not just be, just, just to have him in the dressing room. If nothing, you know, just his presence there um, would be a, would be a thing to the team. It's a hell of a back row to have to break into, even for him. But um, just his presence on the team, he'd be a great guy to bring on. He'd give you hundred percent for the last uh, twenty minutes. So that's that's the um, that's the that's the bench I've chosen there. Okay, so that moves us on now to the um, the the back line, the centers, and the back three. And uh, um, Arik has chosen eleven: Jacob Stockdale, twelve: Bundiaki. 13, Gary Ringrose, 14, Andrew Conway, and 15, Shane Daly. Take it away, sir. Uh, I'm going off the injuries that we've just heard of as well. And for me, that's the kind of 11 through 15. It's not my area of expertise by any means. I, I would prefer the forwards. Hence the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think Stockdale has, is finding form again. Like the last two games, you've actually seen Stockdale of 2018. Yeah, I've seen, like, I don't think that's a question. 
you can question that anymore. He's, he's just very good against the Ospreys, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's fine in that form. I think given that we have an injury to Larmer, putting him on the wing and getting him on the pitch is important. Bundyaki at twelve, I think the amount of energy he brings to a starting to any team he's on, especially that we're going to be playing in empty stadiums. He's a one-man army on the sideline when he's subbed off, let alone when he's on the pitch. So he's going to bring a lot of energy, a lot of focus. And given how he carries at, from 12, he's going to give Gary Ringrose the space to be the best Gary Ringrose possible. And, and Gary Ringrose, like CJ, is one of the first names on the team sheet now at 13 for Ireland. He's just, it's just as simple as Conway is an incredible winger. Um, for me, I'd love to have seen him get more game time at 15 for Munster. I think he'd be a great fullback. Just so he's great positionally and he's, a, and he's great in the air. But he's a winger, he's a 14, and I think he deserves his place on the team. And it was a coin toss for me between Daly and Keegan. And I just think Daly's playing that smidge better, given the injuries. And I think it's a good shout to put him on because he's got that familiarity with Conway if we're putting a new cap in there, let's try and support him in some way and putting him in with Conway when he doesn't have that experience in international just kind of helps you bridge that gap a bit more. Okay. Um, yeah, 15. I thought I, when I first saw the squad, I thought 15 was going to be the interesting, um, the, the, the point, the, the interesting selection because people had been tried like Stockdale went to 15, then he went to the wing and gone kind of back and forth. So what do you make of it, David? Um, <clears throat> for once, I have to admit, um, I'm not too far away here actually with Bodwig's choices. You know, I had, I had Stockdale, you know, in, in at the wing. I think he, he operates better off the wing and certainly, you know, looking at that performance against the Ospreys, you know, it takes a lot to, uh, uh, to prove five pundits wrong. And especially on that, after that game, uh, especially one Fez, I have to admit, who's been rather down on Stockdale recently. Uh, for for quite a few weeks, uh, it was actually nice to see you know Jacob actually produce something which you know can not not only sort of keep them quiet but also sort of say here hold on a minute I'm still here and actually I can play really well, uh, which we knew all the time anyway. Um, but it was just a matter of giving them that uh, uh, that space you know. And I, I, to be honest, I was unsure. Of, I'm sure I'm at at full back to start off with, but actually I think it's. Uh, I think, in, in, if anything, it's actually expanded his game somewhat, and I think that will probably come more into play uh, on the international scene rather than rather than the uh, in the provincial setup. Um, Aki is just a shoe in a twelve. Um, you know, to, to hear him shouting from the sidelines, um, yeah, so it says volumes for the man. You know, and uh, if you're getting that in an empty stadium, well, you're either going to listen or you're going to get a size fourteen up. You know where. Um, Ring Rose again. Uh, sort of had a fling up, uh, uh, rolled around my head. And I thought, no, actually, I would rather have Ring Rose in at centre than anybody else at, at this juncture. Anyway, uh, definitely, if you want, if you want that stability in in the back line, you need Gary Ring Rose in there. Conway at fourteen, yep, absolutely. Uh, and I, I like the choice of Shane Daly actually at uh, at fifteen. Uh, I think again, it's. Let, let's bring in the new players. Let's give them good game time, but let's put them beside people who know what they're at, uh, and can, you know, uh, and can give them the experience that they need to to bring that level up. So, so definitely, I, I like the choice of Delia there. Very good, and Michelle. Uh, I would largely agree with 
those choices. There's sort of the heart of the head. Um, we can go in, in reverse because that's the faster way. 15, I think it's a very simple fact that Shay Daly has had more time at fullback than any of the other options, including Larmer. Um, he has been in a year where, where Munster brought in Matt Gallagher and we also have Mike Haley, Shane Daly, a fit Shane Daly has kept both of them off the pitch and you know for, for full matches Shane Daly he's he's burst onto the scene he's kind of been lurking in the shadows for a while and he's come with just fantastic form and I think to have somebody you know Conway I, I'm a big Conway fan but it, it's been quite clear um Again, at Munster, that with Haley and Gallagher and Daly, we're not going to see Conway at 15. So I kind of, I didn't include him in, in my thoughts for fullback. And I, I'm very happy with Daly. Again, Conway nailed on Aki and Ringrose without a doubt. And I am unsettled about 11. Stockdale had a fantastic game last weekend. Absolutely. But I still have questions about Stockdale's defence. And this isn't, it, it's not a new thing. It, it's something that just, it pops up intermittently. And when Stockdale burst on the scene, he was scoring tries left, right and centre. So a little wobble in defence somewhere didn't really mean anything when the points were racking up. But I think his errors ha have been more costly over the last season or so. And I'm just a little bit unsure but having that, I'd still start him at 11 over Keenan for now. And, and let's see how he goes. I think the big issue, is, you know, certainly with, uh, with, I know there's been a lot of talk about Stockdale and his defence. Um, what I would say is that um, I think when he burst on the scene, you're, you're right, Michelle, definitely, you know, the points were racking up. He was scoring tries left, right and centre. Um and it's took a season for teams to catch on about what he does and how he does it. And now it's that time for him to, it's either evolved slightly. And, and I think that's what the, the move to, uh, to, you know, the move to 15 has done for him is to, to give him that extra, uh, maybe an extra tactical edge now. And if he can reproduce that now on, on an international stage, well, I think it's, it, it gives everybody a chance to say, okay, well, you know, Stockdale's actually progressing here. You know, if he sticks to what he does normally, um, yes, there'll be people who say, oh, well, he hasn't changed at all he, and his defence is still bad. But I think myself, I think the move to 15 has it given him that wee extra, that wee extra noise um, uh, and maybe just that wee extra couple of weapons in the, in the arsenal, so to speak. Um, I am going to mention Stuart McCluskey. Um, McCluskey very simply because you know he has not had any stretch of luck uh, trying to get to break into the team now whether that be for one reason or another I'm not interested in the politics of it as far as I'm concerned he's talented enough to be there you know he has three caps and I think it's about time he maybe got a, a few more there but again you know it's a case of at what cost um, you know do we uh, um, I, th I think if, if anything, if he's given a run out, he, even against Italy, you know, I, I would say, you know, you have to think, is that just to sort of keep the Ulster fans quiet? Yes. Um, but at the same time, is that at the cost of 
further alienating you know the Ulster province you know um, in the future should you know inevitably McCluskey be be dropped from the setup yeah it's, yeah I mean when I was um, trying to pick a 23 is always a, a, t- a tough choice uh, for me because you, it's, you've got to put so much thought into who's like it's one position but it could cover five um, you know five different spots uh, so I, I wanted to put Hugo Keenan in because of um, because I like, you know, new players, whatever province it comes from, when someone comes up like this, you like to give them a run in the Ireland team, even if it's a big match, sort of the way Jordan Larmer did and other players have done, come in and done really well. And uh, I think I settled on him. It was between him and Robbie Henshaw for that 23. Um, Robbie could have covered 15 as well and uh, all this kind of stuff. But I, I, I went with uh, I went with Keenan for 23. So that's that's that that rounds up our selection. Well, listen, we're, we're going to finish it up there. Um, I'm going to just quickly read out the full team. And then I'm going to give you uh, ask you for some players that didn't quite make the squad. Um, so we got uh, 15 Shane Daly, 14 Andrew Conway, 13 Gary Ringrose, 12 Bundy Aki, 11 Jacob Stockdale, 10 Johnny Sexton, captain, 9 Jemison Gibson Park, 1 Kean Healy, 2 Ronan Kelleher, 3 Andrew Porter, 4 Tyke Byrne, 5 James Ryan, 6 Caelan Doris, 7 Josh Van Der Fleer, 8 CJ Stander, and on the bench we got Herring, Ed Byrne, John Ryan, Quinn Rue, Peter Mahoney, Kieran Marmion, Jack Carty, and Hugo Keenan. So that's not a bad team. Um, I'm just going to quickly go around. Um, Michelle, if you could add a player to the squad that didn't make it, who would you, who would you throw in there? Simon, no, Donica Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Okay. Uh, I'd love to see a Ryan Ryan second row. I know it's not a, a second row for the future, but we want to win the Six Nations. And if we're talking about an in-form Irish qualified second row to go in there along with James Ryan, it's Donica Ryan. Brilliant. And uh, Parik? Uh, I have two names. I, I think Dennis Buckley, because given how light we are at loose head, I think um, he he's a great scrummager and he'd be really a great addition to the squad. And Tom Farrell, because I think he's playing so well. And I don't think I need to mention the nine that's not in the squad. So I left him off my list. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Topping. I think well, he's so definitely he's, on he's my list. Mr. <laughs> we've, got, we've got two minutes now. What, 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 we'll let you have the last words. He, he may not be he may not be in Paris list, but he's definitely on mine. Mr. Cooney is definitely there. Um, although I'll give an honourable shout to uh, the honourable O'Toole, um, who's actually you know been playing very well for Ulster, and I think he's been uh, again unlucky due to the fact that we have some very talented front rowers. Is he not injured? Um, he was injured. He was injured. He is on the way back. Um, he's uh, he's in the later stages of the of the recovery now. So. Uh, but even then, you know, if he's not in the shout for, for six nations, I would definitely give him a shout for the autumn. Brilliant. And uh, finally, just to go quickly around, um, can we do it? Yes. Can we win? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Michelle? France. I'm, I'm worried about France. I mean, it's going to be a stage where, like, I don't know if we might need the full 10 points, but uh, we definitely need to win out there. And uh, they're definitely playing well at the moment and uh, they can continue their form. It's all a bit of a toss-up, isn't it? Because, I mean, it's like these teams haven't played together and they're going to go straight in. But we kind of have, is it an advantage or is it a hindrance that we've got the Italy game first? Um, that, that, that'll help us get the, get the team together and warm up, I suppose. I think it's a help, but be yeah. careful because at the minute, the French are having their own problems between the top 14 and the FFR, so uh, keep an eye out. I know. We could, we could finish this competition in like 2026 at this, uh, the, the, the way this is going on. <laughs> the Lions okay. tour next year. We, we, we finished yeah. by winters. 
Yeah, that's it. Well, listen, that was a great chat, folks. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts. I'll put up links to my guest's online works in the program notes, and you can find them in the Twitter machine. Um, at, Michelle is at Cork Seashell. Para can be found at at the second row. And David goes by at Dave the Wingnut. Um, hopefully, we can come back in a few weeks to talk about some good performances. Otherwise, we can wonder why they didn't do it our way. Stay safe, everyone, and chat to you soon. Thanks a million. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for sticking with us right to the end, and thanks again to Michelle, Parik, and David for the chat. Next up, we have an off weekend, so apart from the usual features like front five quotes and links every morning and the upcoming Rugby on Irish TV, which posts on Thursdays, you probably won't hear from me until the next podcast, but as always, you can keep up with my latest rugby thoughts on Twitter, at Harpen on Rugby, and also the Facebook page. Until next time, stay safe, everyone. Slán. Thank you.